Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. And welcome back to Micromobility. Today, Horace, where are you? Today I'm in Boston, although not for long. I'm flying to Europe in a few hours. Excellent. Well, I, I remain in New Zealand, back down on the side of the world after having jaunted up to, uh, to Micromobility San Francisco with you guys. Um, excellent. What is it that you would like to discuss today? I, I, I know we're, you're thinking a lot about standards at the moment. So one of the uh, results from the conference was that we had a participation from the Society of Automotive Engineers, or SAE. Sure. SAE is SAE International. And for, um, for those of us who are not bought into such ideas, what do SAE do? Well, SAE is a standards organization for, you know, typically automotive standards. So they're famous for establishing the horsepower rating. So the standard horsepower, how much it is, and and how to measure it correctly, you know, and, and so car people would say, would quote SAE horsepower as opposed to just horsepower. Oh, um, I see. Is that sort of yeah, and, the determining the sort of the size of the horse? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Uh, to be honest, I don't, I haven't looked into it, but I think it, there were, there were disputes for a while in this, I think probably in the fifties, even earlier, maybe about uh, you know claims being made about a, an engine uh, an engine's horsepower and these were used in marketing and and somehow it wasn't standardized in the way the the uh, the this was measured so i i won't get into it um but uh you, you so se is known for standardization and 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 the I think they're in the throes right now of dealing with uh, with autonomy and, and you know th- these these uh, these for example these levels of autonomy I think are are coming from them and oh right <laughs> and okay. so one of the things that they started looking at is how to define and uh, standardize m- micromobility and so they have a working committee on on that and and actually I believe it's chaired by our friend. Chris Cherry, who was on the show earlier. Yes. So I'm still learning the process, but uh, so I, basically they invited me to participate. So so that was great, and I was in, interacting with Annie Chung, who is uh, she is the manager of the of the committee, and so we had our first well at least the first me- meeting I participated in, you know, it just happened uh, a few days ago. So yeah. the standards group is 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 meeting, and I I, I took part in the first meeting. Sure. Now I, I I'm not at liberty to discuss what what the uh, opinions are, perhaps not even who is in the committee, but I sure. I will say I would like to put forward my proposal, which actually I've already made, but maybe I need to expand upon and. Um, and and also, there's been quite a bit of debate going on on. Uh, well, yeah, you wrote uh, you wrote the the blog post on on defining micromobility. So yeah, so I wrote a blog post, the micromobility definition. It's uh, on the blog at micromobility.io. There's been a lot of back and forth on Twitter about this. Uh, not not my writing, but prior, but just sort of w- where are the boundaries of micromobility, um, and and since the word has gained currency. 
there's a lot to there's a lot to discuss and and many people are pulling it in all kinds of directions so so well, yeah, the good absolutely. news the, i think worth worth us running it over again yeah the good news is that the word is in is in active use and i think that the, the the number of uses is 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 already growing exponentially which is which is for me very gratifying but but more more to you know, and, and the way I wrote the article and, and the blog post, you can you can freely check it out. Is is I kind of gave um, first the first the point to be made is that we most people don't ask me what it means, uh, which I think is good because there's an assumption about what it means, which which probably comes my guess is from the, the word itself. Micromobilities is uh, has a connotation of something it means something uh, it means it's small i'm going to assume right so micro m- micro small minimal small or even than small but many might be small this is sort of tiny and and mobility mobility is uh, freedom to move it's it's the ability and freedom to be moved and and so small minimal mobility this is uh, you know uh, the, the minimal minimal or the way I I would say is is uh, the freedom to move, uh, but with minimal uh, means to do so and the minimal impact for doing so. And so that that's the logic. That is indeed the word says it all. It doesn't need in depth uh, explanation. But for the purpose of standardization, if this is were to be used uh, as a term of art in an industry, and people need to cite or, or use it in in let's say legislation or regulation or or let's say the court of law, or or anywhere else where where the word comes up, um, it, you know, it could remain in you know uh, vaguely defined or or defined in the mind of the of the user, but uh, it might also benefit from being precisely defined. So absolutely. And before we before we kick off, I also want to stress as well the significance of this and the re like. In terms of why does this matter? It's like, yes, it matters because we want to go and define it, but actually it matters in the sense of how these things end up being defined ends up how they end up getting regulated, which changes business models in terms of how these things actually end up getting rolled out. Is that not true? I mean, true. And, and that's that's how I think about it from a, yeah. from a perspective. The New Zealand government at the moment is looking at, are we going to re-regulate um, these electric scooters, which until now have been classified as toys and if we do then all of a sudden this business model that that, that's been enabled here is no longer going to function so or might change or whatever right and and of course there there are some standards which are de jure which means made by a jury or or a judge or a committee or a specific uh sanctioning body or there are there are standards also called the de facto which are simply because they are uh, and they are so commonly in use that uh, they are accepted as standards without having been specified as such by anyone else uh, or any a specific sure. authority. But and by the way, I, I, I you know th- these types of fights have occurred over the internet uh, standards for years and years, and it's a huge, huge. Uh, if you're not familiar with with the amount of bloodletting that has occurred there, and 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 the, the sort of the religious zeal with which people attack each other um I, I i don't need to explain but you know it's 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 often a consuming enormous resources to sort of discuss this matter because as you said uh, these things end up in uh not just in 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 law but they end up also in business models which uh, uh which as a result may favor or disfavor a particular company but every, anyway with all that preamble um the 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 point is that 
so when I when I chose the, what I gave in the article is I'm going to repeat now is the um, is a notion that it, the word wasn't an invention of mine. It was something that was lying around in a way. It was was in you know had been proposed, but in different contexts and uh, was hyphenated or was two words. Anyway, I I I, I latched onto it because of, of, of a particular coincidence in my mind, which was that it sounds like, and it reminds me of microcomputing. And the, sure. the, 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 this particular word, which is somewhat now archaic, but it was the, the definition of a small computer uh, circa 1974 or 71 or somewhere early 70s. And the reason microcomputer came as a, you know, as a, as a word, it appeared as a word is because it was a computer that that used a microprocessor, and the microprocessor itself was defined because people were able to put a central central processor, or it used to be called a CPU, central processor unit, onto a a, a circuit, uh, you know, a, a, a semiconductor integrated circuit that was only one chip. So you, you go way back, and this actually begins in about 1968 when the first use of the word microprocessor came about. In the 1970s, we had the microcomputer emerging. And and then, uh, by the way, also there had been a mini computer, which had been in the 1960s that was put forward as an alternative computer, computer size or, or form factor to what was the mainframe or simply computer which was predating that so the the, the computer the the central singular computer was an idea born in the 1940s which again became miniaturized over time so by the 1960s something could be put inside of a closet and then something sure. could be departmental so anyway micro computing really rose in the 1970s and then uh, it was more or less uh, the term of art for microprocessor computing by the 19, early 1980s when the IBM PC shipped, which is uh, 1981, and the IBM PC uh, was, a, was actually a, a, a trademark of IBM. I mean, they, they called it the personal computer, though remember the Apple II and the, you know, later the Macintosh in 1984 kind of had their own terms for what they were. <clears throat> they had their own trademark, but the, the IBM PC came to be uh, standard as a term because other companies decided to become compatible with the IBM PC because they could clone it. They could clone its functionality at least. And so being PC compatible meant that you could run all the software that was designed for the IBM PC. And that's how sure. the word PC sure. came to mean the PC, the personal computer, but also the microcomputer, which is, so it subsumed the microcomputer term. Now, so I lived through that and uh, I remember it, and I remember it the way the way uh, it, it it was positioned versus mini and versus large computers. Now, since the PC, we've had multiple form factors that are much smaller, including uh, tablets, including laptops, including uh, smartphones, including wearables. All of these are really, at the end, microprocessor-enabled computers, and therefore they could be considered microcomputers. And so, microcomputing now is so ubiquitous that it doesn't need to be defined it's 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 uh, the the other other terms that are more specific about its applications have become what people say they'll say phone and they say tablet and then they'll say laptop when they mean 
really different packages of microcomputer. So in that sense, sure. what I considered micromobility, why I th thought this was a good word, is that at birth of this industry, it's important to identify relative to regular mobilities or automobility, as as you might want to yeah. su suggest. You know, what what is automobility? Which is personal mobility? Or macro mobility, as we, yeah. or, you know, or, as, as you, you know, start thinking about it in the, in, in relative in relation to micro mobility. Yeah, exactly. And 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 again, again, the history of 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 mobility itself, personal mobility. You could say personal computing and personal mobility. Personal mobility actually predates automobility because you you know you could get a bicycle to move you to move relative with relative autonomy in the late 19th century. And so, uh, again, personal mobility uh, did not catch on. Automobility did, but it, it sort of just became mobility by default. So now we have to... So this is more a, a, a semantic conversation. Is like, how does society relate to mobility? How does society define its own mobility based on the, the technologies available? And so we don't speak of alternative mobilities. We speak of modes which are which are different vehicle types on the, the different different uh, form factors. We speak about regulations in terms of types uh, in vehicle types. Uh, in Europe, we have uh, various definitions in Japan, in China, in sure. the US. They're all over the place. They're all different. They all have slightly, you know, they slight variances. But the reason, so in many ways, what micromobility uh, was an attempt to, uh, in terms of uh, capturing the idea is 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 that it it actually is a is a overarching term as opposed to a subdivision of existing uh, existing mobilities. Rather, it overarches what in, in my mind is everything that is not a car. And, and let me just step for a moment into a reason why we need to identify relative to the car. And the, the reason is that, that take, for example, statistics and data. When people start to talk about how, how did people travel or, or what roads should we build or, or to, to discuss the, the fatalities, a lot of the assumptions are made that it is, these are, are automobile trips and 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 to the extent that they're not, they're defined as transit or cycling or walking. Typically, that's about the granularity you're going to get. Maybe train as well, aviation. Uh, also, in terms of industry statistics, in terms of let's say how many vehicles are in use in the world, you'll see plenty of data on automobiles, but you won't see data on alternate vehicle types. So you'd have to refer to different authorities to collect this data. It's frustrating because when I began looking at, at this industry, I was able to obtain very quickly how many cars were being made, by whom, in what country, uh, what, what, their, what their classifications were in terms of weights and so on. But I could not get any data on the, the lightweight electric vehicles, such as we see in China. Sure. We, right. We, Nothing visible, nothing visible. And if you ask an expert in the in the auto industry, and there are plenty of them, and there are many organizations who uh, who specialize in this, it could be Bloomberg, it could be Navigant, it could be Wards, Wards or OICA. These are all bodies of of analysts. Uh, it could be governmental Department of Energy in the United States. It could be EU, and ask them, okay, what you have on on transportation, and they'll you know they'll they'll serve up a lot of data about automobiles, but serve nothing 
about alternatives to the automobiles, which are actually sharing roads to some degree. It was pointed out to me that in, in India, there are uh, 24 million vehicles. And so the, the, in India in particular, the, the, the industry statistics about how many vehicles are, be, are being manufactured, you'll get a number like 24 million, which is extraordinary because in China, there's 24 million uh, cars being made. In the U.S., there's like 12 million cars being made. So in fact, that sure, sure. The, the China has doubled the United States, probably triple of Japan and so on. And the reason in India the, the, the figure 24 is given is because 20 of those are, are motorcycles, whereas nowhere else, right. nowhere else in the world is a motorcycle counted as a vehicle that's going to be reported in data related to uh, vehicles. Uh, the motorci- Is there not a global standard for, for being able to say that this is, a, this is, I mean, I could understand that if that was like a tuk-tuk or something, right? Which is like a, oh, it's a sort of vague hybrid of a, of a, of a vehicle that's sort of between these things. It's not quite a car, but it's not a motorbike. But I, I just would have thought that would have been standardized data, right? It's almost arbitrary. The, even, so on an international level, you have the OICA, the organization, it's a French acronym, I believe, the, the organization, international organization of automobiles manufacturers. Sure. So something to that, uh, something to that effect. There's a U.S. organization which also collects da- data. Uh, and, and if you ask them, uh, okay, what are you measuring? Uh, well, they say, well, cars and trucks. And they'll maybe say, you know, we're looking at trucks defined as by, by I typically distinguish from cars by weight. So you'll see, you know, above a certain GVW or gross vehicle weight. Although again, that's the U.S. nomenclature in 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 uh, in the U- in Europe, I believe it's called curb weight. So GVW and versus curb, which may not be exactly the same thing, but anyway. So 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 you have these distinctions by weight between classes of vehicles, and so you have trucks versus cars. Maybe our buses are thrown in as well. And and so and, and so okay so this international organization but then if you ask them well does this include motorcycles they they all got no you know they have nothing to do with motorcycles because there's an A in their name which A stands for automobile and and sure. so so you, you go but but not that's not the case in 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 uh, probably in in India or or I'm sure in other countries like Vietnam or Indonesia where where two wheelers are much more common of course you can't ignore them. But in many parts of the world, you do because they're classified somewhat differently and, and certainly different uh, in Europe. In Europe, you can have a four-wheel bicycle with, with a motor attached and call it a quadricycle. Yeah, sure. Whereas in the U.S., sure. if it has four wheels, it cannot be on the road unless it's a car. And, and then there's neighborhood electric vehicles, low-speed electric vehicles. There's uh, rural vehicles. There's uh, K cars in Japan. There's EK cars, which are electric versions of K cars. You have golf cars in the United States, neighborhood electric vehicles, and on and on it goes. But the problem is, I mean, of course, and there's bicycles, and there's there's uh, now scooters, there's uh, hoverboards, there's segways, and we've talked about all this before. The point is, that, the point is though, that the reason micromobility to me is not that I'm going to be specifically using that word to say, oh, that's what we should call scooters. Rather, is you, you zoom out and say this covers everything that is ignored, that, that is that is not currently considered legitimate in the eyes of automobility. This this is the this right. is the this is the debris. This is the 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 stuff that we swept aside and said no no uh, we we have we have cars and trucks and they rule the world and then there's everything else which you're going to have to figure out by yourself how to deal with all these little things and you're going to regulate them separately and and deal with them and and 
frankly, discriminate against them. And this is this is the problem. It's mostly been a process of discrimination against those which are not anointed as automobility. And so... Yeah, well, that also as well comes down to the fact that standards exist. Hey, um, just... Just thinking that this might be a great time to talk to our sponsor. Sure, um, and before, um, we, um, before we dig in, absolutely. So, so uh, again, we're, we're grateful to Joyride, who's uh, sponsoring micromobility, uh, and and the the premise is simple: the, there are countless opportunities for you to deploy micromobility globally right now. I mean, if you as, as a as an individual, as an entrepreneur, would like to to deliver this as a service to 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 a customer. There are there are twenty thousand by my estimate, and it could probably very well be wrong, but it's in that in that order of magnitude in the tens of thousands of markets out there that exist that that could uh, could benefit from this technology and this service. So so there are, there are, you know countless opportunities out there still un, un, unaddressed, and I'm sure lots and lots of people out there who would like to address them. So if you're one of those people who want to address micromobility in your, in your market, then you probably know that it takes a lot of work and it takes a, a, a lot of detail analysis and a lot of understanding of the technology required. So you've done your research, you've been reading blogs, you've been reading articles, you've been downloading reports and listening to this podcast. The metrics from, from venture-funded company that you've, you've heard, you know, the limes and the birds are just mind-blowing. But you wonder how things would look like if you focused on that particular market, perhaps a smaller market, perhaps a medium market. Well, Joyride provides you the custom white-labeled mobile applications and the scalable backend that allows everyone from small local operators all the way to transit agencies to launch their own micromobility fleet within weeks, not months, not years. Plus, they have relationships with all the major manufacturers, so you're guaranteed to have the highest quality hardware when you launch your own bikes or scooter service. So here an example, here's an example where one of Joyride's customers has accomplished a launch. The operator launched with a fleet of 200 electric scooters in their hometown, and within two months they were making six figures from rides. So all the while competing in a city that already had some of the largest scooter share companies operating. There's room for certainly more. As you can imagine, uh, the markets for 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 uh, the, the demand for these for these vehicles is is, is far beyond uh, a few hundred scooters. This was revenue from rides, but the the, the income did not uh, this did not include additional revenue generated from the advertising platform. So Joyride provides this as well. It allows you to connect your customers with retail partners around the city. So it again, it's a local to local business. Maybe you didn't think you could compete in this micromobility space before. Maybe you thought the market was already controlled by very few giants. Well, Joyride le- levels the playing field for all operators, allowing anyone to succeed with, it, with their own fleet. Whether you're an independent operator with a desire to launch locally or a transit agency looking to solve the first and last mile for your customers, Joyride helps you find the mobility share solution that works. So start your own scooter or bike share system today. See more at www.joyride.city. That's joyride.city. And take this time to join the global micromobility movement. If you mention the micromobility podcast, when you join uh, at joyride.city, you will receive your first month for free. So uh, thank you to Joyride for supporting Micromobility Podcast. All right, so so that's the uh, you know this this logic of using a word to describe 
let's say the 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 undeserving, uh, the sure. the less the 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 less visible, the uh, underreported and undercounted. Again, uh, h- how many people know, uh, even in the auto industry, the number of e-bikes sold in a particular market? That seems to be completely invisible. Germany just had last year nine hundred thousand e-bikes sold, and, and that is about ten times more than the, all the cars e-cars sold in 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 germany um and that market is growing like 20 30 percent how many people know yep. uh, the number of so-called lsevs low-speed electric vehicles sold in china these are vehicles which are not cars and they're you know usually uh, not usually almost exclusively electric and and yet they're invisible because they don't get counted as part of the automotive output of 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 china you have to really dig to to find the data and the answer by the way is it's in already about two and a half million a year which would make it yeah absolutely which would make it 10 percent of the market in china so and that was pretty much zero three four to five years ago uh how many people again that was know the 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 number of motorcycles produced in india unless you you know you know what you're you're looking at so, so this is why, and also when I started looking into the classification of vehicles in Europe, just for the purpose of homologation and acceptance of, of a new vehicle type inside the European market, you find out that there's, there's more than 10, maybe 15 different uh, subcategories for the so-called L category, which is not a car. L, L, there's L, um, M, N, O. These, these are the letters designating the major categories of vehicles. L are essentially anything from e-bikes to quadricycles, uh, including heavy quadricycles like the Twizy. M is essentially cars. N is essentially trucks. And O is trailers. So trucks, cars, and trailers are mostly what people focus on. And actually, those there are a few subcategories. But the L category is actually bigger in terms of subtypes than the other three put together. It's an extremely broad. So is that... So, so just so just just so I can clarify, so this is the European wide specification. It's not just Germany. Correct. It's all European Union. Uh, so, and does it include motorcycles and L as yes. well? Yes. Yeah. So motorcycles. So it's not just electric. So it's sort of kind of all different powertrains, etc., across the L category. Everything. Yes. Yeah. So L includes even Great. things like uh, endurance motorcycles, off-road motorcycles, ATVs, two wheels, three wheels, four wheels. They, they, everything from, as I said, the heavy quadricycle, which is called, you know, it was the Twizy to the light quadricycle, which might be something like the Schaeffler uh, biohybrid, pedal assisted, as well as throttle, throttle only. Uh, and, and because the, the designations are so precise, you, you will see which require a number plate. And there are multiple types of number plates. There's a 50cc number plate, and then there's above that as a motorcycle plate. And of course, there's a there's a uh, there's an automotive plate, but that is not usually assigned to anything in the L category. And so, and 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 for this reason, uh, they've been th- there's been a lot of thought that's gone into this. These are these are not updated frequently. So once they're cast, they they last a long time, which is actually why it's important now in Europe to to distinguish between S pedelec and pedelec because the, some of these might be permitted on certain roads and not others. The U.S. sort of right. Consume some of this, uh, some of this designation because there's compatibility in the U.S. with so-called Class Three e-bikes, which are which are up to 28 miles per hour, which happens to be 45 kilometers an hour, which happens to be this uh, S-pedelec designation in Europe. 
Now, again, I don't want to belabor all the details. You can do a lot of research and dig into this stuff and 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 standard, you know, understand the standards. The point about micromobility, again, as a term, is to describe the the uh, to give a an umbrella to all of these otherwise invisibles, right? So you can then start to say, well, what is the micromobility market now? As a because I wanted to be more inclusive, is why I chose. The idea that that we should we should sort of copy the European. First of all, I would say everything that is L is micromobility. So everything below the car. But when I started to think, how do I make this more simple? How do I explain this to someone without them knowing what the L type classification is for the European Union? I simply said, look, it's it's it's. They wanted to also identify through the L name, uh, convention, not not a car. Right, so smaller than a car. That is the, the, the sure. what is what is a not a car. And so the simple way for me to do this would be to say, well, what is the minimum size of car? But in terms of size, of course, you can shrink things, you know, in di- different dimensions. So that, that there's there's length, width, height, and so on. Is that the sufficient? You know, you have a very short car actually in the um, in the form of a, of of the smart uh, smart for two, it's a very very short car. Yes. The Japanese have the K car designation. Actually, it's defined by its width, not its length, but its width. And so you you, know, you have so what is appropriate? And how arbitrary can you make this? You know what? How can people understand this? That is why I said no. We're not going to do it physically on the external dimension. We're going to let's use weight. Weight actually is somewhat prolifically used to designate transport vehicles. As I said, the d- difference between uh, cars and trucks is a weight distinction. So if you are driving a vehicle above 3,000 kilograms, you're in the truck category, you must have a, a truck license as a driver. So it's a completely different animal. It, you cannot cross certain bridges. You cannot go into certain tunnels. There are all kinds of restrictions on vehicles above a certain weight. And again, the OICA div- divides cars from truck along weight. All the weight impacts the the road surface. The weight impacts, therefore, the taxes that you have to pay for the for this maintenance of the road network, and so on and on it goes. Weight is a very good indicator for a lot of the impact and the effect you you have as a vehicle on the world. Um, and so I, sure. th- there's weight, and you know you you could also use speed. The speed actually is used in 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 segregating the uh, the the S pedelec from from other types of vehicles. So if it is going to be a, a very lightweight, sort of treated as a bicycle, then, yeah. then it should be limited in terms, especially as a motorized bicycle, it should be limited in terms of its speed, and which is why we get to this 45 kilometer for S pedelec and 25 kilometers an hour for the regular pedelec. And by the way, not everybody agrees on these limits, and certainly in the UK, that's not the case. But I thought, okay, this, this sounds very complicated. And so the the, if I use weight alone, what would be the boundary layer between car and non-car? And the 500 kilogram, again, I've said this before, is because I, I did what I think is a sufficient amount of research to find out what the, what the lightest cars are today. And so gave a buffer below that and said, okay, this is where we draw the line. And at 500 kilograms, I thought that was a sufficient boundary layer. Now, the criticisms. So once I put this out there and said, okay, let's just define micromobility as everything under 500 kilograms. And now all the sure. all the knives have come out. <laughs> Everyone seems to have a different opinion on this. And I'm only going to cite opinions that I saw on Twitter. 
not those shared in committee, but on Twitter, things like, well, I, initially I wanted to, by the way, remember there were three conditions. I wanted to also exclude recreational vehicles and I wanted to exclude yeah, vehicles that didn't have a motor because they are, they are essentially, uh, th- these were meant to exclude motorcycles and bicycles because I thought those were legacy modes. Yeah, well, I think we defined it originally as electric. I mean, we, we kind of like hemmed and hawed on it, but but I put but I pushed definitely towards like a solid state propulsion drive thing, not not using internal combustion engine. Right, not using it. And I'm generally I'm okay with these kind of these these parenthetical you know, qualitative amendments, amendments to the definition, right? The the the, the that that is we can we can work those out, but the 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 problem is also that we do not want to exclude too much. And and what is wrong also, I'm, I'm starting to think now, what is wrong with excluding ancient, uh, though still functioning uh, options like bicycles and motorcycles? And and some objects are saying, well, if it's micromobility, it has to be new. We cannot be old. Why? I, I First, I don't quite follow that logic. I mean, what's wrong with including motorcycles in micromobility? Micromobility is, is simply, again, a collection in my mind of the uh, of the low end of transportation that generally is ignored it is ignored because or or it's it's divided and conquered so the more the more you divide it up and say oh but this is an exception case and we'll deal with it separately then you have the ability to beat up on it that's this is why when we define bicycles and say well the, the, we can permit them in bike lanes or if it has a motor maybe it should not be allowed in the bike lane and so you, you divide and conquer the, the, the alternatives to the automobile and give them more onerous responsibilities than the car has. So you, you, you define the maximum speed and you have to enforce a maximum speed on a bicycle through, through draconian means, including, uh, you know, forcing the, 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 uh, the manufacturer to submit their, their source code to you know, and to submit to testing and to to encrypt that code so that n- no operator, no user can can modify it, just so that that vehicle cannot exceed a maximum speed. That is that is what has to happen today with bicycles. But you have no such. Well, I also find it hilarious that they'll do that with bicycles, but they won't do that with cars. They won't do that with cars. They won't do that with motorcycles. The motorcycle is probably the fastest vehicle on any road today because it's it and it has. And then they'll say, well, again, micromobility is not safe. It cannot go fast. Again, the motorcycle has no safety whatsoever. The, your face is the crumple zone. If your knees aren't, aren't first. So it, the, 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 why? You know, cars, unlimited speed. I, I know of no mode of transport today in any, any land, sea, or air which has regulated its maximum speed by law that is it cannot be manufactured and cannot be operated beyond a certain speed limit airplanes case in point i think uh, although you you could make your airplane goes faster than the speed of sound it's it's regulated through a speed limit all vehicles are regulated boats are regulated through a speed limit helicopters everything that moves is regulated but that is that is a posted sign that is not something that says your motor must be scrutinized and it must not be capable of driving beyond a certain speed, except for one thing, the bicycle. The bicycle is discriminated well, the against. Bike, right, the electric bicycle in particular is, is discriminated on the basis of speed. 
And and some say, well, but that's because it's it's allowed on on the bike path. Well, but you drew the bike path relative to the car. I mean, it's like the infrastructure follows what is the prevailing mode, and and it was devised at a time, you know, decades ago when the car was was uh, was put forward, and so the car the car got to de- determine the road, and now the bicycle has to conform to that road, and the bicycle therefore must be restricted in order for it to conform to a subset of the road infrastructure granted by the car. It's it's so it's so circular and so perverse in many ways. This is why I. I, I, I rile against any suggestion that we need to define micromobility by speed. It would be the only the only form of transportation. It was like again going back to the micro microcomputer. No one said that the microcomputer should be defined by the clock cycle of the of the CPU. Oh, if it's if it's faster than the clock cycle, then 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 we can we have to ban it from the marketplace or allow it only to consume less energy or whatnot. I mean, this these types of types of regulations seem seem uh, to me completely backwards. You can't predict how this will evolve. You can't predict how fast it'll evolve, especially. And you can't predict in, 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 you know, consumer behavior once these things are made available. And the, the, the behavior of designers in, in once given the, the, uh, an opportunity to design. And so it, it, to me, this is, uh, well, anyway, I, I, won't, I won't go too far down this uh, road, but sure, sure. But but the point is that be 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 very careful. It might seem convenient to define things by speed or size or weight, but you have to choose. You have to understand the logic of why you're drawing lines in the first place, and what is the purpose of your designation. Again, I don't. If you were the one who got to set the SAE rules. Horace, what would what would micromobility look like? What would be the, the, the sort of the defining characteristics that you would? Pick well, out? it depends. Again, I'm not an expert in standards organizations and the the purposes therein. I I'd be careful. Maybe I would even omit the the term uh, from from their process. The, 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 I'm not suggesting I would, but I might. And the reason might be because I'd say, look. You're looking for a term of art that defines perhaps a very narrow thing, which needs definition because it doesn't have one today. And that might be the scooter. The scooter, whether it's a sit-down scooter, whether it's it's a, a stand-up scooter, whether it's uh, wheels in tandem or wheels in parallel, or whether it's got three wheels or four wheels. With it. All of these questions right now are open questions. If you're an automotive person trying to figure out, okay, we have actually a new machine on the, on, on the road today. And so we need to focus on that. Well, that's fine. Then you need to create a new category of vehicle, call it the electric scooter. And that needs to be then defined. And then it needs to be therefore regulated and put forward. And people can cite that that definition in their regulation. But do not use micromobility to define a scooter. And therefore limiting forevermore, forevermore micromobility shall mean nothing more than the scooter. Because uh, the whole point of micromobility is to be more inclusive than than less. We've been doing this to what I consider now micromobility forever. Dividing it and conquering it. Dividing it and regulating it. Every single subcategory. And it's treated, frankly, with, with contempt. Because... Rather than than saying, look, these are this is the future. This is what we must give freedom to. Rather, no. Let's see how we can restrict these things. Let's see where where they can be used. By whom can they be used? How much restrictions can we put on their usage? 
That has been the 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 conversation, and and ever since the automobile, that's been the rule. The automobile gets, of course, has its own restrictions, but it's essentially dominant. It is the incumbent. So anyone who challenges it then must be treated in the, in this exceptional case. We need to turn this conversation around and say, no, the normative behavior is micro, and the car needs to then conform to it. So the, the, the reversal here, I believe this will happen over time. And this is, again, the question of what is normal and what is abnormal. What needs to happen is that normality needs to be micro. And we, we say, well, look, 80% of the road is going to be dedicated to these vehicles. We might need to segregate them somewhat because of the speed differential as we do buses versus trams. Uh, so, so yes, there'll be, there'll be questions about how to, how to be equitable about uh, this, this vast proliferation of micro modes. By the way, again, there will be vast, vast numbers. It's not just the scooter coming along. There'll be dozens more. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's the part that I that I look at, right, is like, is there, with a Cambrian explosion of different form factors, etc. I mean, we just simply at the micromobility conference, we had, we had the, the sort of the bikes, the different different classifications inside of the bikes, and we had the scooters, and then we had the sort of the little form factor things, and then we had the, the big um, Vimo, which is the, the sort of like cargo trike three-wheeler. And the model wheels. We have um, singular wheels. We have, oh, yeah, we have motorized uh, yeah. roller skates, uh, and we have the, yeah. the, the motorized uh, skateboards. We are simply, again, go back to microcomputing. Micro the microcomputer and the proliferation of that of that idea to now being probably the most the most uh, ubiquitous device ever made you know literally hundreds of, of billions of microprocessors have been produced uh, throughout its history there was no restriction on on the designer we ended up and it was enabled by semiconducting as a as a technology therefore the transistor the semiconductor and now we're seeing the same explosion, the Cambrian, as you put it, of form factors. Because why? Because we have energy storage in micro batteries that are powerful and rechargeable. We have motors with, with powerful permanent magnets and new, new types of rare earth uh, minerals that are being used in motor construction, which allows motors to be really small. So small batteries that are powerful, small motors that are powerful, plus new materials tying it all together in terms of structure, plus software, plus controls, plus networks, right? Connectivity, and, and therefore shareability because of, of the, the ability to discover assets outside of your own home. And so suddenly, all these core technologies are enabling suddenly this, this explosion. And so why use automotive standards in terms of speed or weight or, or anything like that to, or dimension to define what is essentially a complete uh, redefinition of, of, of what mobility uh, can be. And that, that this is why, again, micromobility is, is more about zooming out than zooming in. And that's why... I, yeah, well, I guess the, the one part that I'd point to that, right, is like, in some ways, what they're trying to do is provide a, a kind of a classification of micromobility in the sense of microcomputing when the wearable tech is 20 years out, you know? Well, yes, you like, might, you might, but not even so, the, 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 and again, the reason you, you feel the need to regulate is because you're dealing with a finite resource. And I'm not naive about this. Yes, there are finite area of roads. There's a finite area of parking. There's a finite area of... Well, let's just focus on this, which is essentially real estate, the, the, 
the yeah, the, the sure. land the, the right. land we we are permitting uh, as a right of way, and and that's a finite resource, and the car takes up almost all of that, uh, very inefficiently because it, the throughput of a stream of cars is very low relative to the throughput of anything else, and and so and so yes, there's a finite resource. So if there are people wanting to join and want to get a piece of that resource. You have to say, hold on. Why, what are your qualifications? Why should we permit you? But but this has been. This is why the finer you def, you you divide the problem, and you you start to look. Okay, oh, I don't know. Uh, should we allow? This is a case in Germany. Should we allow a scooter at all? It's a motorized vehicle with a throttle. Hmm, I don't think so. That should not be allowed on on any street or any sidewalk or any public space. Right. So so it's this idea that by default you're banned. By default you should not exist. And so you need if if you do step up and say could you could I please have the right to to deploy my my myself onto your onto your road network you'll say well do you fit into these bins that we already defined if you don't fit in in them uh, in any one of them which by the way is, is there are, there are some requirements then then you're not allowed by default you're uh, you're excluded and so so I I don't. I propose with micromobility as an idea is to reframe the discussion and say, look, the purpose of the vehicle is not to exist or not exist, it's to move a person. And you have to define its 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 qualifications as to how it moves that person. And and so not it's in, not in terms of, you know, does it have an intrinsic attribute like a, a speed or power or 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 even weight, but rather does it get the job done? And we don't have classification by job to be done. Does it come, does it perform uh, the the job of uh, transporting 100 kilograms efficiently or not? Or do, does it does it give access to those who normally wouldn't have it? And so we have again some of the knives that come out is like, oh, what about people with disabilities? What about people who are uh, of a certain age? What about young? Too young? Too old? Are they served well by this new mode? Well, perhaps not. But let's allow someone else to come with us with with a solution that does. Let's not automatically exclude because it doesn't fit our friend the framework we've already established. So this is going to be sure. a, an ongoing conversation. The proposal of micromobility in general is to refocus thinking, and then this is not at the at the committee level. This is at the at the consumer level, so that it, if it does become a word in use, it shouldn't be a term of art. It should be a term that is entering the consciousness of of the average person to understand to say, oh, I see. There's an alternative to cars. Or even an alternative to the transit modes that we've been that we've been accustomed to, and suddenly, what are you, what are these things? That they, they were all invisible before. Now they're visible because they're tagged with this name. And so, so, so micro mobility is everything that was invisible. The 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 minority transportation modes, if you will, which I would say, how do we define it? Frankly, well, it's human scale mobility, human scale mobility, min, minimum impact. Is the micro side of it, and that's the point. Is that it's it's it, it. The more I think about it, the more I want to remove restrictions on what it is, rather than add further restriction, defining it more precisely. And perhaps that's at odds with what a committee needs to do, what what a standards body needs to do. Yeah, I was gonna say. I can imagine the SAE guys listening to this and just going, nah, "That's not how we work, Horace." That's true. <laughs> that that's very well be, maybe maybe true. Which is why microcomputer was not the term 
that was used, you know, as as to set standards. It, it was simply an idea which evolved into the PC, which evolved into well, the phone. Well, yeah, and that was going to be my only my only point here is like the, there are things that we can kind of see are coming down the pipe. The, as you say, the PC subsumed this idea of the microcomputer, and I and I look at the scooter and think, you know, it may well people kind of obviously oftentimes consu- like they think that they're the same thing. Micromobility and scooters are the same thing. And it's like, no, well, we're thinking of it in a wider context, but the scooter is really like, you know, it's an easy form factor. And it's, I think that you'll end up with a, a kind of a big push towards yeah. that. I think that the, the question then becomes, how do you ensure that it, right, right. You know, so we're still talking about the wider umbrella, not just that particular form factor. When I was at Nokia, this is the second episode of my life. When I was at Nokia, I was saying, was the word smartphone be- became, and this is very early. We're not talking about even mid 2000 or early 2000, like 2001 and two. The smartphone idea was pro- put forward probably even the, in the late 90s. The idea of having a, and, and and so I was I was under. It was my job partly to define what a smartphone was to to management, not publicly. But it was like, so what is a smart? How do we distinguish? our own offerings as smart, non-smart. And so my answer was, well, it is basically, and I didn't use the term then, it was basically a microcomputer, which right. which also ran an operating system, which turned out to be, what that meant itself was that it could run third-party apps. So lots of computer embedded, well, they had embedded software, and then they ran an embedded operating system, and you couldn't easily install apps on it unless they ran some in some sandbox. So it was a very technical discussion, and and it was a very difficult argument to make that you know a, a very nice phone with a camera, with a music player, with a big color screen, with all kinds of games on it, all of those things, beautiful, big, bold product was I would say no, it's not a smartphone. Why not? Well, because you can't actually run an operating system, but it it, it doesn't matter. I have a browser. Look. And and so on and so on. And I said, what what this so that experience at the end? I said, you know what? It doesn't really matter. At the end, people first all all phones are going to be smartphones at some point. Which was again, what's even? I, I decided not to fight the local fight. I sort of zoomed out, and I zoomed out, and I said, you know, at the end, that architecture is going to win. We're going to have ubiquity in smartphones, and in particular it's going to be end up a fight between operating systems. And that's pretty much when I had to leave the company because that was an argument that was even more provocative and more outrageous to be made in the mid 2000s that, that, you know, that, that, that no one involved in the details would, would accept any of these. In fact, that's sunk the whole of Nokia that they were unable to zoom out at this level. I would, I would even argue that Soon after I left, I, I, I said, look, smartphone is in the relevant conversation. What, what the, these are all going to be called are simply phones. And that, I was saying this about 2009. So in 2009, I said, we're not going to use the word smartphone anymore. We're just going to say phone. And at that time, smartphones were like 1% of the market. And yet here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And so people don't even argue, Do we, hey, did, you get, did you bring your smartphone with you? No, you say, did you bring your phone? And furthermore... You might argue, oh, is is your phone Android or is your phone, uh, you know, an iPhone? And and it's like it's like saying, oh, do you drink Coke or Pepsi? But right. it, it's it's it, so the argument became moot 
about what is a smartphone because it became ubiquitous. And that indeed would be for me a greatest achievement of micromobility is that micromobility becomes a moot point because it would, it would say, oh, well, that just means I'm going to go for a ride. And so the yeah. alternative is I'm going to go for a drive. The driving is yes. what you do in automobility. The riding is what you do with micromobility. And if, if the verb yeah. in use then is distinguished this way, you know, sort of like I'm going to get on a vehicle, you know, go for a ride or take a ride or be, you know, whatever it is, it might be a, a, a verb we haven't quite thought of. It could be, you know, I'm going to go for a scoot, which is fine as long as people understand that this is, this is not driving, this is not sitting in traffic, this is not, you, you know, in a 3,000-pound in armored vehicle uh, in order to, to run errands. And so th 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 that is what success looks like to me. It's, it's that, in fact, micromobility is a stepping stone toward that, that future. But to first highlight the negative space that exists to develop this. The ne by negative space, I mean, okay, you have, imagine a line, and, and this is the weight line, and, and you have a proliferation of vehicles between zero and 20 kilograms, and then you have a proliferation of vehicles above 1,500 or we'll say 1,000 kilograms. And so, so, so 2,000 pounds and above, plenty of options, 50 pounds and below, plenty of options, but suddenly there's this big empty space, 50 to frankly 500, although there's still room above 500 you know, kilograms. 50 to 500 yes. kilograms. Let's take that space. How many options do you have? Yes, there are motorcycles, but they're fairly rare, and they're frankly used mostly in, in developed markets as recreation, which is why I wanted to exclude them. But generally, let's even if you put motorcycles in there and ask, okay, how many miles are being, being consumed with vehicles between five and 50, oh, sorry, uh, 50 and 500? Well, again, by, by highlighting this, this space, and saying, look, if you look through the lens, through the prism, through the, through the spectrum of weight, you'll see that there's this gap, this giant gap that exists that could be filled. And that way, at least now, our visibility is on the right thing, which allows us to then develop, build, regulate, implement, and so on. And, so on. and, and uh, hopefully that space then is the tail that wags a dog. It's the space that actually gets filled with all the dynamism, with all the uh, usage with all the capital, with all the energy, with all the intellect of these uh, of, of the of, of the brightest of the world, and that then yeah. means we won. That means that we 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 have gained a, a share in the minds of 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 the right people that will make will change the world. That's how uh, that that's the real purpose of micromobility. And I suppose you know it's kind of a letdown to say that I'm glad it's in, it's very popular now as a word. But I hope ultimately that it, it, it'll actually be deprecated. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Super. Well, look, I think we're up against time, but um, I think that you've covered off that very well, and I think the uh, I mean, I, I think it'll spur further conversation around what this will be. I, to your point, I hope at some point we don't we don't even you know micromobility will sort of be an archaic term and we won't even need to think about it. Yeah, it is it is it is a it is a mouthful and it is a, a term of art. As microcomputing was a term of art, it got replaced by PC and now it's replaced by well, <laughs> you don't need a word at all. It's it's just everywhere. It's in your computer. It's in your television. It's in your speaker. It's in your pocket. It's everywhere. It, it doesn't need to a, a name anymore. And that's what we're, what I hope to be at, and 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 I think we'll get there because it's uh, actually it's I think it's inevitable. 
It's only a question of when. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, Horace, as always. <laughs>